There are no stupid questions when it comes to elections. And if we want everyone to take part in our democratic society, some of those questions need to be answered. So that's what we're doing on The Detail today. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang, and I've been collecting questions from first-time and young voters to put to two experts, political editors Sam Suchdeva from Newsroom and Jane Patterson from RNZ. Hello, how is it going in the gallery? It is very, very busy, Jessie, but all good. We're uh, preparing for the election now, so now the lockdown's over. Next priority. And you, Sam? Yeah, very good, thank you. I think we're almost at the point where we start to count it down day by day, so, you know, Lord help us all. Great. So, I mean, I I thought to start us off, we should probably establish when the elections are and whether there's any chance of them being moved. So at the moment, all parties are planning for September the 19th, and that's the date that the Prime Minister set at the start of the year. And there was a few questions over the lockdown about whether it would still be possible to go ahead. But in Level 1, basically everything is in place for an election to be held, um, as in past years, although I'm still, I'm sure there still will be uh, some changes potentially. For example, the big mall walkabouts and selfies and lots of big crowd gatherings mm, yeah. closer. That probably might look uh, a wee bit different, but apart from that, September 19th is what everyone's working towards. So the next question we have is one about the role of our Prime Minister. Hi, my name is P. I'm 17 years old, and my question is why is it so important for only one person to rule a country of five million? True. Uh, gr- great question. It's a funny one, actually, because it's it's technically not true. The Prime Minister isn't elected by the public directly. You know, we elect the party uh, or parties that form a government, and then, you know, typically the largest party, their leader, becomes the Prime Minister. There's not a direct vote per se, but, you know, I think in, in recent years it's becoming increasingly sort of presidential in in New Zealand elections, we focus a lot on the party leaders, which which makes sense because they're the ones that sort of tell their ministers what to do and, and direct policy. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all part of that sort of uh, system of representative democracy that, you know, if we had our team of five million each voting on every single issue or policy, that would take forever and be a bit of a nightmare. So we we choose uh, uh, MPs that we, we deem best to represent us in Parliament and then those MPs uh, you know, choose someone that they think is, is best to lead them. So it's sort of an indirect way of, of getting you know, one person who is sort of overseeing the, the country as a whole. I think, too, what we've seen is um, a presidential-style system for prime ministers um, with one leader. But even here in New Zealand, we've seen different leadership models being trialled. And um, the Māori Party and the Green Party, for example, have co-leaders. They have two leaders. Now, we've never seen what that would look like in government, but um, there are certain different models being run. But I think there is something about having one leader, too, that does um, appeal to communities. Here's a question from one of the young people that got in touch with us. Hi, my name is Trixie. I'm currently working as an event coordinator. And I just want to know um, what is the difference between the party vote and the electorate vote? And how are these seats distributed? And what is MMP versus FPP? 
a big question. So basically, um, MMP mixed member proportional is a voting system that allows two types of votes. The first one is the party vote, and that determines the overall number of seats that any given party gets in Parliament. And then that number, the number that they end up with, or the total number in Parliament, is split between an electorate vote, and that's when you stand, for example, in a seat like Auckland Central and you ask those people to vote for you personally. So they might, for example, vote for a Labour candidate in Auckland Central but give their party vote to National. So does it kind of cancel out then if you give a Labour candidate, say, your electorate vote and then give your party vote to National? No, no, it doesn't really. Uh, the party vote is the most important thing for you know who you want running the country overall. So you can say, you know, look, I think that the the national party is the the party that I feel is best equipped to lead New Zealand forward. But actually, where I live, I really like my Labour MP. I think they're good at advocating on on local issues and and standing up for, you know, important uh, problems or concerns in the electorate. So I actually want them to represent my area. So you can kind of have um, two two bites of the, the cookie. How many seats do we have under MMP? So there are 120 seats in Parliament. There are 72 of those are electorates. So you've got 65 general seats and seven Māori electorates. And then there are 48 list list MPs or list seats. So those are ones that are, you know, brought in from the party list, uh, offering a, a chance of greater diversity. It gets a little bit complex because there can be uh, an overhang. So you could have, you know, 121 seats or 122, depending on... Uh, you know whether a party gets wins more electorates and has more seats that it's entitled through to through its party vote alone, but right. that's relatively rare. And coming back to that question about the difference between MMP and FPP, so under FPP, the old system that we used to have, all of the seats in Parliament were dictated through the or elected through that electorate vote. So you had local MPs standing in seats all around the country. And basically what forced the move or pushed the move into MMP was that um, some parties could get a lot of popular support so they could do really well in those electorate seats. But they, if they didn't actually win it, then that didn't go, it didn't count for anything in terms of their quest to get into Parliament. So that was one thing, giving other avenues... And the other thing was about representation and uh, the move to go onto the party list. So basically, a party puts forward their list, starting with number one, ranking right down the list, and those seats are allocated to those parties, depending on how much party vote. So a party could say, we want more Māori, we want more women, we want more Pacifica, or whatever means to get more diversity and better representation of actually the electorate and what New Zealand looks like. And they can give people list spots that are winnable, and that enables better diversity within Parliament. Following on from our discussion about MMP, um, here's a question about our smaller parties. Hi, my name is Taylor, and I wanted to know how the whole election process works. What's the point of voting for the smaller parties who will never be made into the main government anyways? Part of MMP too is giving um, different voice to parts of the communities who aren't always necessarily represented in the two major parties and that's in New Zealand Labour and the National Party. So A, they give somewhere for people who don't hold beliefs 
that tie in necessarily with the two main parties somewhere to go and vote and express um, potentially their different beliefs. But it also, as we've seen in this coalition government, and it's a really good example of how partners in an MMP government can have influence. So the Greens have had influence um, on some policies, and on the other side you have New Zealand First, who has its own set of interests, and you can see the influence that it has had. Have the smaller parties always been able to make a huge influence, though? Uh, they, well, they, they have, or probably disproportionate to the amount of vote they get. We've never actually had a one-party uh, majority government under MMP. So since 1996, we've always had either you know formal coalitions where you know the larger party and smaller ones sign some sort of agreement around policies or you know what they call sometimes a minority government with with confidence and supply where they say look we don't want to formally be be part of you guys and we can sort of discuss issues on a vote by vote basis but we will we will back you on uh, what they call confidence and supply which is you know, saying that the government has the confidence of of the parliament and and that they can um, get the money they need to to uh, spend on items through the budget. So they yeah they have had a seat at the table. Um, some people actually talk about the tail wagging the dog when it comes to New Zealand. You know, do the minor parties have too much influence in in terms of you know stopping the the bigger boys from moving ahead with reforms? Right. Um, here's a more specific question about some of our parties. Hi, my name is Callum Johnstone. I'll be voting for the first time in this election and I'm just seeking some clarification around whether to vote for the ACT Party or not, considering that basically I don't think it makes a difference between voting for the National Party or voting for the ACT Party because they stand for relatively the same things. Well, Callum, that is a very specific question. Um, personally, I would never tell anyone which party to vote for. That is your right and your privilege as a voter. Um, of course, we try to give as much information as we can to help inform those votes. When you look at it in terms of National versus Act, I suppose, first of all, you look at the people involved and what you think of them, what you think of their leadership. Um, and if you don't think their policy platforms are very different and if you want a national government, then you look at strategically, how would that happen? So will you do that by giving your party vote to National, or will you do that potentially, depending on where you live, um, voting for David Seymour and Epsom to help him secure that electorate seat because um, ACT is an ally of National. They'll never go to Labour. So they would be some pretty initial and basic things that I'd be starting to think about. Sam might have some thoughts. Yeah, in terms of sort of ideology or policies, there are some some sort of small but significant differences. I think ACT has has been what you know uh, political uh, scientists call a, a classical liberal party, um, even close to libertarian. So believing in you know freedoms for individuals and that the state shouldn't intervene. Uh, uh, too much, both economically but also socially. So we've seen David Seymour uh, shepherd the end-of-life choice bill through Parliament. We're actually going to have, that's for euthanasia, we're actually going to have a, a vote on that, a referendum at this election. And the, the National Party was, was far more divided on that if you look at how their MPs voted. And, and just picking up on what you guys said about referendums, can you tell me a bit about what we can expect in the election this year? Yeah, it's it's a little bit unusual this time around because we've got both the the general election to decide the parliament, but also not one but two referendums this time around. There's there's one on uh, euthanasia, as I mentioned, uh, it's the end of life choice bill, 
And then there's another one on uh, the legalisation of cannabis. And they're slightly different. The uh, euthanasia referendum is what we call sort of binding or self-enacting. So the legislation to, to make it legal has already gone through Parliament but uh, whether or not it comes into effect depends on what that public vote is. So if there's a, ma- right. a majority in favour, then that automatically triggers and, and comes into effect. Uh, whereas with cannabis, it will actually be up to the, the government after the election to decide uh, whether or not they want to make it law. That, that hasn't gone through Parliament, that legislation, to make it a reality. Hi, I'm Deborah, and I want to know who is Todd Muller? What are Nationals' plans? Again, that's quite a broad question. Um, Todd Muller is the new leader who's just taken over from Simon Bridges. Um, the former leader was really struggling with low poll results, so there was um, a coup. The uh, National Party caucus got together and decided that they would elect Todd Muller. His family comes from the Bay of Plenty and have been um, heavily involved with the kiwi fruit industry and Todd Muller has come through the commercial sector. He's also worked for Zespri and Fonterra before um, coming to Parliament and he's been here since 2014. And do we know anything about what plans they have or policies they have so far? There have been some policy announcements, but the really firm policy won't be coming out until a bit closer to the election campaign. But, you know, there are things like they campaign on um, lower taxes, for example. So um, while we might not see a programme of tax cuts per se, they've already made promises um, about the Auckland regional fuel tax and that sort of thing. So, look, there are a number of policy differences. Another one is superannuation age um, that they differ from on Labour. Um, National has pledged to to gradually raise the super age where Labour has vowed not to. Hi, my name is Steve, and I want to know what would be the most significant and noticeable difference between if National or Labour won. That's another big question. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is, that is a, a very big one to deal with. I suppose the, the, the biggest difference would probably be how the two parties see the role of you know, the state or government in, in people's lives. National tends to say, uh, you know, look, we, we believe in individual freedom and individual choices and the government shouldn't, uh, you know, intervene unnecessarily. So we want, you know, uh, maximum liberty or something close to that. As, as, I said, as I've said, they're, they're a little bit less strong on that than the ACT Party. But whereas the Labour Party has, has sort of focused more on the role of the state uh, in terms of providing a safety net for, you know, welfare and, and um, other areas. Uh, Michael Joseph Savage, who was a former Labour Prime Minister, talked about um, the helping New Zealanders from the cradle to the grave. And there's the idea that, you know, there are uh, New Zealanders who are, through no fault of their own, uh, disadvantaged uh, at, at birth and in their lives, and we need to do what we can to help them. So that's probably one of the fundamental philosophical differences, I think, between the two main parties. Hi, I'm Lisa, and I'm a first-year Bachelor of Commerce student at the University of Auckland, and I want to know whether we use our home address or our halls of residence address to determine our voting electorate. 
So when you go to enrol, you go to vote.nz and you can enrol online. And basically the address, they just ask you to use the address you consider to be your home. Your home address does not change if you sometimes live away from home for your work or education. So I think that would answer that question, um, that it would be your home address, not your halls of residence address that you would use. One of the most important things when it comes to the elections is to make sure that you know, voters have correct and factual information. So here are a few questions about how young people can get informed. Hi, my name's Trent. I'm an 18-year-old first-year uni student who's just recently moved from Dunedin to Wellington to study a Bachelor of Commercial Music at Massey University. And I was wondering if, like myself, you've recently moved to a different city, um, what the best way to find out about your... uh, electoral candidates and their policies and etc would be. So there are lots of opportunities um, both online and in the run up to the election and person events that you can actually go along and meet your MPs, your local candidates. They tend to have like town hall debates um, where you'll get the line up of all of your different candidates and then often you know they'll stay and, and have a chat to people afterwards and Online, there's a huge amount um, through all the different social media channels and each party has its own page. Parliament also has its own page. But keep in mind too that if you're thinking locally about your electorate MP, that's for the electorate vote. But for that party vote to really count, you should have a, a bit of an understanding at least about what the major parties are and what they represent because that party vote is very important. It determines which party leads or is in the position to put together a government. Hi, my name is Abel and I'd like to know what factors should drive a voting decision. Another big question. Uh, <laughs> gosh, these are these are good ones but they're very difficult to answer. It, it's difficult and I suppose, you know, what what will drive each voter's decision is going to be specific to them so it depends what you're you're most motivated by I, I suppose one way to think of it and it's not the only way would be you know uh, what are the top five issues that are most important to you so you you think of those and then maybe you go and look at all the different parties and say well which one of them is is closest uh, to to how I feel on on these these big issues. Um, there have also been some quite fun apps and um, that sort of thing from a university from memory and they basically, you can go through and answer questions and it can align you with the party that your personal views align you closest to. Now obviously you don't need to follow it to the letter but sometimes that can be quite good. If you really haven't had much interaction with political parties they can give you a little bit more of an idea of where you, you know, who you might align to um, more closely and again that might take you in a bit of a direction. I'd also encourage people to sort of think about the next step and what kind of community do I want because it's, you know, it's easy and it's um, natural to think about what suits you personally but I suppose the responsibility of voters is about what New Zealand looks like too. So I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. So what's good for me, but also, you know, what do I want New Zealand and our community to look like? Here's a question about what you should do when you just don't know. Hi, my name is Tabs. Um, I read what I can and I still don't feel fully educated on every candidate. Is it still okay to vote? 
vote, vote and vote. If I can just say anything, it's once you vote, you're in the system and your vote's important. But if you're still not sure about it, vote because people who do end up being lifetime voters. So if you can get in the habit early, that is the the major thing. And actually to hear that, you know, people are really into it and looking for lots of information, that's really great. But I suppose don't get too bogged down too by information. You know, Sam and I both, both talked about the huge amount of information out there. So, you know, listen to your instinct. You know, don't don't get too in the weeds about it. Um, if you take a step back and then think about it, um, and if you still can't decide, doesn't matter, just vote, because really that is the most important thing. Your thoughts, Sam, on that one? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think voting is, is an incredibly important part of our, you know, c- civic uh, democratic process. So I would encourage as many people to vote as, as possible. Um, you, you can make an informed decision not to vote if you feel that there is no party out there that, that represents you. Um, you know, some, some people might make a, a you know, a decision in, in principle to say, look, I buy uh, not voting or by spoiling my ballot, which is where you go into the booth but um, sort of put a cross through all of the parties, that that represents how I feel about what is on offer. So that's not entirely off the table, but I do think that, um, you know, Kiwis shouldn't be too hasty to do that. You know, have a proper think, look at what's out there, talk to your friends and, and family, and, and you, you will probably find a party out there that is, is pretty close to you. And if you need any more information, go to the Vote NZ website, which gives you the lowdown on how to enrol, what happens next, and where to vote. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile phone every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, give us a rating so other people can find us too. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansel and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Newsroom Sam Suchdeva and RNZ's Jane Patterson. And to all the people who asked the questions, I hope we've helped. Mate wa. Well.